Here's Bernard at the right circle. Below the right circle now. He'll get it to the line for Brown. Now to Suzela, top of the left circle, waits. He shoots, he scores! 22nd of the season for Alexander Suzela. Here's Bernard, top of the right circle, along the board. Centers it in front for Stringer. It's loose, it's stopped. Rebound, How scores! First and seven games for Tanner Howe. Connor Bedard got slashed right there. There's a delayed penalty. It's fed up the ice. Here's Bedard. He's got one more to beat. In over the blue line, right side. He shoots, score! Sixth point of the night for Connor Bedard. His fourth of the game. Another shorthanded goal. I'm in awe right now. I thought he was done. He's not. Welcome to Pat's Cast, the unofficial Regina Pat's podcast. With your hosts, Chris Clark and Kevin Shaw. Right, this is our episode uh, number 124 for January 8th, 2023. Two days before the trade deadline. And wow. Dun, dun, dun. So lots going on. You know, trade is the word of the day. Um, but I think we'll start with a few days back. We'll start with the Pats trades here before we get into our usual chat. Um, so yeah, earlier this week, Pats dealt Matthew Keeper. We said, you know, something's going to happen here with the goalies, and uh, Keeper was the one to move on. I mean, I don't want to say he's the odd man out, but uh, well, I he think, was because he's gone. So. Yeah, he is the odd man out, but I mean, it seemed like John put across that it's it was kind of a mutual agreement. Uh, he he said that Matthew wants to play, and John says, yeah, he he deserves some playing time, but maybe not here because Sim has really taken it taking the reins and you they got uh pine backing up now i mean he's shown flashes of brilliance in the past and they maybe want to develop him at this level rather than junior a with a with a rough melville team i don't think i don't know what his numbers were in melville but i know the team hasn't done well so i think maybe they thought well, we should bring him up and and keeper's been up and down lately like he's had a couple tough outings and uh he so, had a super he had a super super hot start but then yeah not didn't do very well his last two starts and then started riding the pine or sitting in the press box. Yeah. So, I mean, to get um, a fourth round pick from Kamloops, which is actually Edmonton's. So that's actually going to be probably the 67th pick, the first pick in the fourth round. So that's not a bad, um, that's not a bad pick. He was picked in the third round late. So it's almost what he was picked at. Plus, they get a sixth round. Yeah, de- decent, uh, decent re- recoup because he wasn't doing anything here. He was backing up or basically sitting in the stands. Um, it's nice. I'm glad he got to go to Kamloops, and from the sounds of it, Kamloops is going to play him, which is good. I hope he does well. I I really liked him when he was here. It's just for some reason, he just couldn't be consistent. Uh, that might be uh, the whole team being inconsistent yeah right but when you're when your team's inconsistent you can be inconsistent but he he didn't really save too many games other than his his big 51 save performance earlier this year which was amazing yeah the one in brandon yeah it was really good but yeah yeah we've seen the flashes of brilliance and you thought yeah it if it's every player at this level you just try to find that consistency but yeah he he didn't you know steal much for the team when they were inconsistent and i mean your goalie, you hope you can get, you know, you get that goalie. When the team is inconsistent, you can hopefully get that goalie to just be your your rock back there, right? And Sim, I mean, he's had a couple 
tough ones lately, but you know, the team is, you know, obviously with, without Bedard and Svozil here, the team is, is struggled as a whole. So, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Like you said, he moves to Kamloops. That's awesome for him. Kamloops was looking for a backup goaltender. They had a, they had an import situation with Demick coming back whenever he does come back or not coming back, but coming to the team, you know, he's out with injury. They had three imports and their backup goalie was an import. So obviously he hadn't, the best numbers either so it was kind of he was clearly he never be moved hardly ever played so it's pretty hard to get numbers when you hardly play yeah right so obviously he had what seven or eight appearances or whatever it was so and they have a pretty strong goalie in ethan ernst starting so you know a a guy with some some decent experience in the league that's not a bad um not a bad pickup for them i mean there might have been better options out there but as we've seen the prices may be uh kind of outrageous right now Oh, for sure. Um, it's it's interesting that they got two eighteen-year-old goalies in net. They're both O fours. Ernst and Keeper are both O fours. So yeah. that's weird for a Memorial Cup team to have two eighteens. Not yeah, like usually a, a nineteen a super, or like a nineteen or twenty vet or whatever. Yeah, but the deadline's the deadline's still a couple of days away. So yeah, you never know. Time of recording, you still got a, a day and a half plus to to swing some more deals. And then uh, I guess the next deal was yesterday. Uh, Easton Armstrong got moved to Winnipeg for Omen Harmacy. Straight up, one for one, player for player. Nothing crazy here. Um, Armstrong, you know, maybe we thought this was an odd trade, but Armstrong's really come on this year. You know, he's got 13 goals. He's looked good. But, you know, they are liking a young right-handed shot defenseman. Um John does make some comments on this after the the Calgary game that we'll throw in here. And so, it, I mean, from the outside, yeah, the Pats need some bodies at forward. And he, he addresses that. He's like, yeah, we'll be looking for a forward or two now. So it's kind of odd that way. And, you know, he's he's producing fairly consistently lately. Like we mentioned last show, he was on 11-game point streak with 11 points. So it... it it's kind of odd, but I mean, it is what it is, right? It definitely addresses next year's situation on the back end. It helps, yeah. anyways. But with with Stringer coming back and Bedard coming back, I don't know. Stringer seems to be more of the player they're looking for, like a net front presence, a guy that can kill penalties, and for a guy with bad legs, block shots. He's probably blocked more shots since he's been back than the whole team has combined in that same time frame. So I don't know. It's 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 an, it's interesting to see what'll happen after this i did like i did like armstrong but seeing harmacy play the one game just a, a bits and pieces or whatever of it um he, he seems like he could be okay a little a little bit smaller but he seems like he's he's pretty solid in his defensive zone and stuff so hopefully things turn up turn yeah. out <laughs> yeah so it'll be yeah interesting what what happens between now and the trade deadline on on the Pats front, I mean, I don't think, I don't think there'll be anything crazy, but you never know, right? Like, there's some serious prices out there. Um, yeah, we'll we'll talk maybe at the back end of the show about uh, the other moves that have been made in the league. If you if you haven't seen the crazy deals, we'll we'll give our quick thoughts on those later. So here's John uh, talking about the Harmacy Armstrong deal. For sure, it was tough to give up Barmy. I coached his dad 23 years ago, and uh, 
he's a great kid and he's improved over time which is what you're supposed to do but I think it came down to him and we you know I wanted to look for a forward or two you know, with Ty and Chansey out but uh, you get a chance based on what we've seen when we played against him which is sort of hard really to scout you know, from the bench but and reports on him you watch some video to get a player a couple years younger on defense and a right hand shot you know he's one game doesn't make the thing but it looks like he has a chance to be a you know a solid player you know for his time here in Regina which is a significant amount of time you know as a 17 year old yeah so I guess uh, we'll talk about the games we had uh, I don't know if anybody watched this game <laughs> Pat's in Brandon on uh on Tuesday, I had, I had one eye on it and one and uh, one eye on the, the the Canada game. Yeah, you you had to watch the game kind of to to do the recap for the team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I honestly I didn't really even see the first two periods, and then the third period was kind of just uh, it already it just didn't look good at all, right? If I wasn't helping it with the recap, I probably would have turned it off. No offense to the Pats, but I probably would have turned it off because it was just it was just a blah, boring hockey game, like. No effort. It seemed like it was both ways. It was just meh. Like in a game they probably should have, could have won, or on paper yeah. technically could have, should have. I mean, it was only but. two one going into the third period. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a blowout at that point. You know, I turn it on. <laughs> yeah, I know. Then it they Brandon scores three straight, and then and then Stringer finally gets one, chips in his his first goal of the season late in the third for just kind of a garbage time goal. Yeah, but um, so when Sim took that penalty and they scored on the power play, yeah, it seemed like it really that messed him up confidence-wise or something. I don't know what it was, but something seemed to really throw him off. And yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he takes that delay of game. He played the puck out of the trapezoid. Like I haven't seen that in forever. Like yeah, it's been it's been a while. Goalies are, you know, it, that rule has been around for so long now that goalies, it's second nature for goalies. And yeah, he takes that penalty at 46 second mark of the third period and it kind of just went downhill from there. Like, they didn't score on that power play, but uh, no. But I think, yeah, it just... But it just it seemed like it, it threw yeah. him off or something. I don't know what happened, but it was... It wasn't. It wasn't. It was interesting. It wasn't good. Yeah, he didn't... They, they scored two goals within like a minute of each other and... Yeah, it, the the route was on. <laughs> yeah, and then he came out of the game, and and Pine entered the game at that point. So yeah, so yeah, it was an odd game, and like you said, it, it was it was it was there, it was there for the taking. But Brandon is is kind of on a bit of a hot streak here since they've changed coaches. They've they've played quite well, so it's kind of a team that is behind the Pats in the standings, and it's kind of like oh, could have could have used that that um the two points there you know so and the face-offs in that game were pretty bad yeah that's it's that's kind of a broken record right the face-offs have been been bad lately yeah 39 22 for brandon it's just, yeah that's not good yeah and brandon was three for four in the power play right that's yeah. that's that's not good at all that's an ouch definitely okay move on from that one <laughs> yeah i mean well it doesn't get much better in the next game right but we, we'll, we can talk to talk with this one quick yeah, Seattle come to town. You know it's going to be tough. Yeah, sure, they've got four guys out, but the Pats are still with their without their two guys. Everybody, I think, was in the building, save for Stan. Um, 
the Seattle guys were, were in the game. They were taking pictures with some fans. I seen some pictures of them with their gold medals with some Pats fans. So that's kind of cool. Connor was underneath the stands in the lounge there watching Just, it, I guess, on okay. Access or wherever. Yeah, yeah. The, but he, the, he was in, in the building. <laughs> yeah. Didn't make an appearance out in the public. No. but they wanted, uh, to, they wanted to keep him. Yeah. Keep him I know. I don't. I don't disagree with that, right? Because people are. Yeah. No, people are just not. Not that they're overwhelming, but they. Everybody wants to see them and and do yeah. that and and stuff. But we could talk about that after the next game. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so they come in. Seattle comes in, and, and like we said, they're on a hot streak, even without those guys at juniors. Uh, Ratzlaff like, has been hot. He was goalie of the month, and uh, yeah, they just. Well, they were yeah. like a thirteen or fourteen game point streak when they came into town. Yeah. And, it did, yeah, yeah. They're they're pretty they're a pretty solid team up and down the lineup. Yeah, they're just deep. You know, they're not. I don't want to say not flashy, like you think Winnipeg. They've got lots of speed and everything, and it just seemed like they just capitalized on all the Pats turnovers. Like it was just turnover after turnover, and you know, it was like four on ones, and they hit the post on the one, and it was just like yeah, yeah. it was just mistakes by the Pats, and they just capitalized. Boom. Like yeah. it's not like, and they they had lots of chances on transition. They didn't they didn't skate circles around the Pats in their own zone. No, like they weren't they're, dominating the zone like that. Their their lineup from top to bottom seems to be very similar. Like yeah, they all play a similar style. They're all like it's like a machine. You probably could take two or three more of their guys off and put two or three different other guys on, and they'd still. They'd still play the same, and they probably still win a bunch of games. Yeah, it was similar to the Sastoon game, right? Sastoon was just—they played their game to a T and just quietly dominated the game, right? Yes, Saskatoon's fast. They got a bunch of small, yeah. shifty, fast guys, which is a little different than these guys. But yeah, it's a similar, a similar type of thing. Yeah, um, I mean Regina—they ended up getting 15 shots in the third, but uh, by that point, the the game was out of hand and it was six nothing this you know nothing to worry about no and just shut her down yeah exactly they're kind of coasting and stuff i mean the, the funniest stat or the the one that kind of stands out is the pats won the face-off battle they won 32 seattle only won 24 so you know maybe that's what seattle needs to work on too yeah well they're the, the two other guys there weren't two other two other guys forwards or whatever so yeah, Schaefer and... Oh, no, uh, just, no just, just Schaefer was a forward. Just, yeah, the and a goalie, so right. never mind. Yeah, yeah, right, just Schaefer. But, yeah, so uh, we knew it was going to be a tough game, and it was it was real tough, real ugly, but... Uh, yeah. Third period gave a little bit of a little, a little bit of hope, but yeah, at that point in time, it was, it was done. I thought Pine played as well as he could. Like, he, he made some big saves. He, he made quite a few uh, real good saves. Yeah, for for his two starts, he's he's been kind of kind of left for the wolves or whatever you want to say, and yeah. he's played well. Like he, in his first one, he was a little shaky, a couple goals because maybe nerves or whatever. First game but, back, yeah. But when you're playing against Winnipeg and then you're playing against Seattle, <laughs> basically the top two teams in the league playing yeah. against you, it's like, <laughs> what do you expect? Yeah, Kids, it was his second appearance or whatever, and then. Their second start or third, whatever it was. Yeah, I think he's only got two starts, right? Those yeah, two. Yeah, two two starts. Yeah. 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 Right. He's made he's made that one other appearance in relief of Sim there and Brandon. So yeah, he's only got the three appearances. So you can't really expect much more of him. He's not no. going to be a savior like he was last year and 
his wow. few appearances. I mean, he the games he did beat, win, like they, he wasn't playing the top teams. Like he did beat win, Winnipeg or any of those teams. Yeah. It was Calgary, which was a decent team. Yeah. But, you know, they, they weren't at top of the, the standings. But, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, sure, six goals he gives up. But, I mean, they weren't on him. You know, it's, no, it's on the team as a whole. And I asked John what he thought of his game, and he's like, he's the least of my worries. You know, not I don't I don't maybe I should maybe I just had a quick question. Maybe I should expand it. Like, you know, he played well. What did you think of his game? Kind of thing. It seemed like he played well. What do you think of his his uh his play? And he's like, No, that's the least of my worries. It was kind of a, just a bit of a short short answer, but it was a short question I didn't really expand I think that on. could be his I think it could be his answer for the next game as well. It's the least of his worries is the goaltending. <laughs> yeah. Right. I guess we'll go right into that game then, if you have nothing else there. No, nope, nothing good. else to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Calgary. So obviously the big news: Connor's back in the lineup. Um, John, John was asked if he was going to play Sunday, and he was. He wasn't. He was. He didn't say yes or no. And I mean, he after the game tonight, Rob asked him, "Well, you weren't too sure if he was going to play or not." And John was like, "Well, I left it up to him, so I knew what the answer was going to be." I think Connor would have played Friday if he. If they, I'm sure it was a team decision not to play Friday. Pretty much, I would, I would assume so. I mean, yeah. he flew back on Friday. Like that's a, that's a, that's a quick turnaround. But I think, I think the way we know Connor Bedard, he would not say no to playing if it was given, given the option. Well, yeah, for sure, because they they would they played Friday, they play Sunday, and then they're off again for five days or whatever it is until Friday. So he'd have a couple of days to rest up. Yeah. His mind, anyways, I'm thinking, but yeah, exactly right. And, and uh, this is in the interviews, but John said that he's going to be off the ice for like at least two to three days this week. So just give I, him a I, break. I say good. I say good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, right. Like we'll see what happens. He so, might not be skating, but I'm sure he'll be on the ice shooting pucks because that's well, his thing. <laughs> he always shoots, right? Yeah, shoots pucks. Yeah. Maybe he'll just be underneath shooting, shooting, shooting kind of thing, right? Okay, I can't shoot on the ice. I'll shoot in, you know, somewhere else. Shoot somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah, Calgary, you know, Calgary's a decent team there. 10 games over 500. They're really good defensively. They've got a great penalty kill coming in. Sure, their starter's out, but uh, their backup goalie's got some decent stats as well. But the Pats, uh, right off the hop, three power play goals. You know that's that uh, that's the difference. You get Connor back, and he makes a world of difference, especially on that power play. Like we said, it was looking pretty rough. It was since uh, the beginning of the year. It's like seven point seven percent or something like that. So until tonight or till today, <laughs> yeah. So, and I mean, I don't know, what else can you say? Like we said this about watching Connor at the Worlds. What else can you say? Like. Four goals, two assists, in on every goal. Like <sighs> the team had twenty-seven shots, and he had thirteen of them. So he had almost half the shots. Half the shots, yeah. Like that's that's pretty wild. That's a wild number. You, you just I can't even fathom that. No, like it's Suzdalev scored in his only shot. How had two shots? He scored. It's well, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> yeah, Bateman had two shots, Stringer had two shots, and then some singles. Yeah, Oremba had two, two. as well. There, yeah, so... But, 
<sighs> yeah. I mean, they're efficient. What, what can you say, right? <laughs> got, got to get some shots. If you sc- no, get more I shots, know. you might score more goals. And so this is addressed in the interviews too, but John was just like, Rob asked him, you said Gretzky couldn't help this team out, but Connor sure did. And he's like, yeah, Connor helped, but look at the rest of the game. It, it wasn't good, he said. You look at the shots against, you look at the chances against, Sim played real well. Um, the penalty kill was good. You know, they were they were 7 for 7. But, you know, giving up 44 shots. Again, the face-offs, 43 for Calgary, Regina, 24. Like, it was it was a rough game if you look through it. Right? Look through the Connor magic, it, it's still a rough game. Yeah, well, it's, I don't know, I... I don't know what else to say other than the, the, the Bedard magic. It's if we had no Bedard, we as in the Pats had no Bedard. I don't know if they would have had a chance today. I don't think so. I, I honestly don't know. Right. I don't know if I don't know if uh, they can allow forty-four shots and expect to, to win. win. I don't know. It, it's it's mind blowing actually that he comes back and has six points in his first game back. It is, to, he hadn't had six points in a WHL game before. It was, so. his, it was his first six-point game, his like second four-goal game. And they, he didn't play, I don't think, the last like seven or eight minutes of the game. They had all the the second, third, fourth-line guys playing. Yeah, at so, that point, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he scores at the 10-minute mark of the third period, and I probably shut it down pretty much after that. Um, maybe he took it personally, Kai Uchaz passing him in goals. <laughs> for the he almost he almost got back. I don't game. in one game, right? Kaiuchas of the Red Deer Rebels really had a hot streak there. He had ten goals in three game, uh, four games. He had three hat tricks and a single in four games just recently, and he passed Connor for the goal scoring lead in the WHL. But uh, yeah, like that's uh, that's crazy. He just four goals. You know, he's had one one day off or. Uh, couple days off coming from juniors and just just that like i said bedard magic so that's crazy so we got a, a few comments from john and connor here talking about the game uh we'll throw those in now you said on friday that gretzky probably did the uh, that bedard back today uh, <laughs> well how, how much of an impact did he make well let's okay i'm gonna answer that in two parts he clearly made the impact and the difference but he didn't really help the rest of the players if you check the shots on goal and the opportunities. So I was right in both ways, wrong in both ways. I mean, clearly he was Connor, but we have a lot of work to do this week, the rest of the players. You've talked so often about his ability to rise to the occasion. This was another one of them in a way. Uh, does it even surprise you when he plays like this in a, in a much anticipated game anymore? No, I guess not. Like, I mean, yeah, you just get, you do just get used to it or used to seeing it. I mean, the BC trip, he rose all the time. I think he had, Kelowna was the only game he was sort of, well, we weren't very good in Canada as a team, but he was sort of horse collared there. They had Doc against them all night and they, uh, you know, tried to do their best, and I, you know, I think they did a decent job. But then, he still set up Sues for the winner in overtime. So he seems to find a way to 
have a prominent result in the outcome. So on the atmosphere in the building tonight, how nice was that to see? Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, you're just hypothetically it, but you know, I think over the course of the season, if we're having five or six thousand, you know, it probably means five or six wins. That sort of sounds corny, but it, it does. It, it picks up the team in, in certain times when you're you're hard fought. You're not going to play all great games, so it, you know it picks up. But I, I really think it was a factor in BC. There was the excitement of of for Connor and stuff like that. But you know, it's you always want to play in front of a full house, you know. And and there's the odd person that can't play in front of a full house for nerves. But really, everybody wants to play in front of a full house, whether it's a home or away. So, yeah, it's, it was great, and hopefully we got a lot of repeats. What have these last few days been like? Just a whirlwind, or how do you describe it? Yeah, it, uh, you know, it feels like it it's flew by, I think, with, uh, you know, obviously we had a back-to-back there, semis and finals, so, uh, you know, you're, you're taking a lot of energy with, uh, you know, how, how intense those games are, and, uh, but it was awesome, I think, you know. Being, being in front of that crowd and, and with the group we had, we were, we were so close and uh, it was just so much fun. And then obviously to come back here and, uh, you know, I was glad, glad we had a game pretty quick, kind of get back into it and, uh, you know, see the boys again. So it was, it was, it was a good, good last few days. Uh, no, I mean, I was I was always going to play. I think, uh, you know, especially with that game, I was see Calgary's, you know, close team in the standing. So, uh, you know, I wanted to go out there and, uh, you know, try to try to help us. And, uh, you know, for me, I don't think I really, really thought about not playing. Then how cool was it to we get four goals, <laughs> six points. I don't know. I mean, uh, it, was, it was good, I guess, but uh, you know, it was, it was good for us. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, obviously Friday the boys were pretty pretty upset with that one. Obviously a tough loss, and uh, this was a big game to uh, to bounce back for sure. Yeah, yeah, it was it was nice. I mean, uh, you know, I missed it. Uh, you know, favorite rink. So, uh, but no, I mean, for me, it's been it's been a while. Like you said, you know, a couple months since I've so I've been able to play here, and uh, you know what a turnout for us tonight. It was, uh, you know, it was energetic, and uh, you know a lot of people here. So, uh, you know, it was exciting for us, and uh, we're looking forward to continuing that. Kind of the many Pats games yet this year, but now they, they don't want to miss the uh, Darn show. Hmm. Do, do you uh, do you feel that at all? No, I don't think. Uh, you know, I don't think I look at it as they're coming to watch me. You know, they're coming coming to watch the Pats. It's not. You know, it's not kind of kind of about the one man. It's about it's about our group. And uh, but I mean, if people are, are coming, that's great. We want to have this this building rocking, and uh, you know, every night we want to you know hear them, and <laughs> that brings a, a lot of energy to our group. So I mean, if people want to come, that's uh, that's great. Stan, Pete, coming out tonight, four goals, six points, or is that just kind of the expectation at this point for yourself? Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, for myself, I'm not. Trying to put a points total out there. I'm trying to go and, and play. Obviously, for me, I want to I want to get points and um, you know I want to produce. But um, you know when I'm when I'm out there and you know when I have the puck, I want to make plays and, and be creative. And uh, that that doesn't always turn out in, out in points. But um, you know I just want to play my game and uh, you know obviously if, if the points are going, that's great too. Okay, now I guess we'll roll into quick thoughts on the junior playoff round. There, Canada snuck it out. You know. Got the overtime winner. I mean, everybody's seen the Bedard goal, obviously, over Slovakia. Then a, a tight game to start against the U.S. It's kind of a, you know, an interesting game there. I Bedard, again, with a great goal, the first Canada goal. Like, he just drives the net. You know, nothing fancy. He drives the net. 
off a face-off win and he puts in nice pass by the nice pass by the d-man on that goal too yeah right del mastro del mastro i think it was yeah yeah. but it was it was a nice nice pass right to him right on oh man just totally a totally different bedard we we don't usually see him do that in regina not at all like it's it's usually the one that's skating down the wing and ripping the puck but he was net front quite a few times and yeah Yeah, he was was getting into it a little different yeah a little different aspect yeah, I mean, he's got to play a little different role. He's playing on the wing. You know, it's a face-off, maybe a little bit of a set play. And uh, he goes to that hard, and, and that maybe starts a little bit of the comeback. I know U.S. had a couple goals called back. Tough tough break for them, but uh, kind of seemed to roll after that. And then uh, into the gold medal game, and I thought Canada was really rolling in that game. They looked good. They were controlling the play. Especially in the third there, I was like, yeah, it's in the Czechia end. You know, they're not generating a ton of scoring chances per se, but, you know, they're controlling the play. And I'm like, they're looking good. And all of a sudden, boom, Czechia gets one chance. They score 45 seconds later or whatever it is. They score a second. And you're like thinking, oh, my. Canada Canada has a, or had a Pats issue where they couldn't win faceoffs for the, yeah. the longest time. They were having trouble. Struggling. They were struggling. They couldn't, they couldn't get control the puck. And it, it ended up costing them a few times. But, yeah. yeah. And the D were struggling moving the puck out of the zone. It was once they got in into the offensive zone, it was okay, but they really struggled getting the puck out of the zone. Some bad passes and and stuff like that. But then overtime comes, and I watched the Czechia Sweden overtime. Yeah, and it was really really reserved, and it there was wasn't any really good chances until Czechia scored real late, like at like the nine thirty mark. This was total opposite. There was back and forth chances both ways it was edge of your seat there's only a couple whistles right like and you know you know they have a two-on-one the guy kind of coughs up the puck and canada moves the puck up i don't know who the d-man was there and then yeah it was gunther and whoever else on the two-on-one and a great uh a great finish it was nice to see them get the get the goals from someone else in that game and not have Bedard carry them <laughs> the whole <laughs> through, the, through, the, through the semis and the finals. Yeah. But so congratulations to them. Yeah. And obviously it was, it was a pretty, pretty, pretty exciting tournament because that, that crowd in, in both Halifax and Moncton, it was, it was bumping and jumping and they were cheering. They're cheering for the good guys, cheering or booing the bad guys, which is pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> And it sounds like they had really good turnouts for the non-Canada games too. So that's yeah. good to see. I think well, for the one relegation game, they had over 8,000 people. So oh, there you the relegation <laughs> round. Yeah. This Latvia, um, Latvia, Austria. Austria. Oh, wow. That's, that's amazing. But that's the thing. Lots of people are saying, yeah, it needs to go back to the junior cities, right? Like Edmonton's played out. Toronto was played out. Like, you know, they just keep beating a dead horse in those kind of, in those markets and then you go to Halifax like and you, I know Sastoon Regina was in the running the only other uh, bid for this but I mean I'm sure it would have been almost the same thing here right especially with Bedard yeah the, right with the hype with, with Connor being there yeah the tickets, like, the tickets might actually be similar price to what they're paying in Regina <laughs> well yeah, I don't know about the finals because I looked at prices in Edmonton when I was there and you know they were getting to triple digits yeah, they're so, the, the, the for the playoff people, round. The, the scalper people were pretty, uh, pretty no, crazy even, with some of the tickets. Even because Edmonton wasn't, it wasn't well attended in Edmonton in the summer. That's, there. Yeah, that, that's right? right. Yeah. 
So it was getting up to triple digits for the playoff round. But uh, yeah, so I, and obviously Connor broke how many records? Literally, I think he broke Uh, over a handful for sure. Yeah. All the Canada records are pretty much gone. Um, You know, the overall, overall records aren't there. Peter Forsberg had a, a crazy, crazy tournament. Him and Naslin both teamed up and they, they lead the actual single tournament points for the whole the whole thing but uh yeah but other than that yeah he like i said he he carried the load basically for canada and one mvp one mvp obviously i mean and <laughs> you think about it it's and he's still 17 like he's not a 19 that that should be dominating this tournament it's it's just that's the wild thing right for sure uh i got to say the hats that they give the the champions were some of the ugliest hats possible <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that they was. They don't fit. They're kind of, they're just kind of ugly. ugly. Look like they just threw this, they stitched a logo on the front and said, "Here, where's this hat?" Yeah, they don't, they don't fit any of the players. They look, <laughs> oh well, whatever. That's it. That comment was made in this household too. It was just like, oh my god, those are terrible. But they're so bad. <laughs> yeah, what can you do? Anyways, uh, I guess we'll stop talking about that. We can hear from Connor. No, we're not. We're not oh. done. We've got to talk about his jersey. Okay. Yeah. We did. They did a jersey auction, and they always do it every year. So it's not like they're jumping on the Bedard hype train. And uh, one of the first ones I saw for his, it was around. I think it was thirty three hundred dollars. And this was, I don't know, like two days into the two days into the auction. And then all of a sudden, he sent me a picture. It was eleven thousand. It was eleven. And then the next day, it was at thirty thousand bucks. It ended up going for forty thousand and fifty dollars. For a one game worn Bedard jersey, that's pretty um, insane. That is crazy. <laughs> so I, so yeah, there's a few minutes here of Bedard after the Calgary game here, talking about uh, his experience there, and and I asked him about it, and he just said it was just crazy. Like <laughs> he saw it, he's just like, wow, that's that's crazy. So, but yeah, we'll listen to him about his World Junior experience now. I mean, obviously, we lost to a good team in the first game, and, and that's going to happen. And um, you know, for us, there wasn't wasn't really any panic. I mean, obviously, we we had to figure out what what went wrong. But um, you know, in our room, we never you know lost any confidence. And uh, you know, I think you know people people take it pretty far when you lose one game when you're on you're on Canada. But uh, you know, we knew what we had in our room and, and how good we were. So uh, we never really kind of you know thought about thought about the loss too much. Yeah, it was. It was nuts. I mean, every game, every goal, it was, you know, it was, it was crazy. It was nothing I had ever experienced. You know, obviously 11,000 people in there, you know, uh, having fun, screaming all the time. So uh, it was it was electric, and, uh, you know, that, that whole city supported us so, so much, and, uh, you know, it was an awesome place to have it. Getting kind of surreal, just how this last month has been for you? Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, for myself, I think it's hard to – you know, really look at it, but um, you know when you when you kind of do, it's pretty crazy to be in that tournament and, and win another another goal. I mean, that's two in you know four or five months for you know the eight of us or whatever it is. So uh, that part's you know pretty crazy. But uh, you know, for me, I'm obviously trying to take it a day at a time, and uh, you know it feels like you're you're still just playing hockey like you were as a kid, and that's kind of how I look at it. What was going through your head on your uh, the post game uh, interview where you kind of said, don't, you know, "I don't want to talk about myself," and just kind of. You know, why was that important for you at that moment to, to, to say that? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I had you know answered a lot of questions about myself throughout the tournament, and uh, you know that that you know wins not about me; it's about you know our whole group, you know all all twenty two guys. So um, you know, for me, it was it was important to you know, talk about talk about the other guys and even the city and the fans. And uh, you know, in the moment, you know, I didn't didn't want to talk. About, I mean, I don't really ever want to talk about myself, but uh, you're gonna have to sometimes. But uh, that moment, especially, I mean, uh, you know, it wasn't about me; it was about it was about the group. Yeah, I think uh, you know trying to take the time when you when you have it. I mean, uh, you know, obviously it's a lot when you're there. You're you know getting interviewed every day and, and whatnot. But um, you know, I think you know for me, I try to look at it as a positive, and you know, I get to see myself on TV sometimes and stuff. So uh, that part's kind of cool. But um, you know, I'm just trying to you know relax when I get the chances. And uh, you know, obviously here we got a we got a week with with no game, so that's probably probably good for my body. I mean, I'd like to play again tomorrow, but uh, you know, that's probably good. Shane Ray. Stan, he, he mentioned that he was, uh, you know, getting under your skin a little bit. He, he was tripping in the first game. How was it to play against a, you know, a friend and a teammate and how, how deep you guys went in that battle? Yeah, I mean, I think he was, we were just kind of joking around. I think, uh, you know, he was, he was always giving it to me, but uh, it's kind of the same stuff we say to each other in the room or, or whatnot, so it's pretty funny. But um, obviously he had a hell of a tournament, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm super glad they didn't win, obviously, but, uh, you know, I'm glad he got to, you know, play in a final and, and obviously do that for for his country. It's been a while since they've you know medaled, and uh, you know to see his his pride and their whole team's pride, and uh, you know where they come from, and um, you know just talking to him about it <clears throat> after after the semis there, he was he was so fired up, you know, not for not for himself, but for for the whole country. So you know, I'm sure uh, it was a pretty awesome tournament for him, and you know, I'm, I'm super proud of him. Yeah, it sounds like the country's really taken after them, like they're doing a celebration or whatever. It sounds like back home. For sure, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they are. That's you know, it's incredible. Like I said, you know, I'm, I'm super glad they didn't win because uh, you know it was against us. But um, you know, for him to get that and uh, you know experience that and you know go home, he's probably probably a bit of a celebrity right now. So um, you know, I mean, I love him. He's 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 the best guy. So uh, to, to have that happen for him is awesome. Did you say anything to Sam after the game? Yeah, I just uh, told him he was close, but uh, you know we took him. But uh, no, I was just saying, you know that, that I'm excited to, to see him again. And I was kind of asking him when he's coming back. So uh, you know, obviously we'll see him soon here. But uh, you know, we were, we were just kind of chatting, and um, you know, that's that's pretty cool for us. We don't we don't look at it too much right now, but you know, I'm sure in uh, in a few years we'll look back and uh, you know really cherish that getting to play against each other, and <clears throat> you know, especially that stage. Any uh, any thoughts on your jersey selling? Forty thousand dollars. Yeah, kind of wild. that's kind of ridiculous. I don't know who's buying it, but uh, you know that's that's hilarious. I uh, I saw that. I think, I think someone on the team kind of told me. So um, you know that's that's pretty crazy that someone's willing to spend that money on my jersey. So uh, it's it's pretty cool, and um, you know to to think about that's pretty nuts. All right, yeah, there's some some good uh, good stuff from him. There was quite a bit of media for once after the Calgary game. There was six people you know down there which is crazy because usually it's just rob and myself so everybody came out obviously i figured it would be busy because the pats sent out a, a release saying bedard will be available after this game so everybody came out came out of their hole to to talk pats and talk, to talk to bedard to talk to yeah talk to bedard <laughs> let's let's be real here but, a couple of them a couple of them did ask john a couple questions but yeah, so I guess uh, moving on to the 
the other kind of wild news of today, a couple crazy trades. Yeah. January 8th PM trades two days before the world the trade deadline. Yeah. They're they're it's, it's, it's mind blowing. When we saw the rumors of both these trades happening, didn't think it was possible, but then, but yeah. then it happened. <laughs> we thought 2018 was crazy and the WHL changed rules after that one. This, this stuff blows it out of the water. Like, so obviously they trade or changed the rules on trades. You can't, you can't trade signed 15 and 16s and 17s have uh, some somewhat of a no movement clause. So instead of changing, trading young guys you got to trade picks and like i think the first one i mean they've both been in the works obviously these deals are it you know they, these just don't happen overnight but I'm, I'm at a loss for words at both of them like it's it's yeah it's unbelievable so zach stop truck of the vancouver giants formerly of the vancouver giants a member of team canada got traded to winnipeg so winnipeg returned to vancouver skylar bruce and connor dale so two Two roster players, then Hudson Landmark, Owen Breeze, two unsigned prospects, because they're 07s, then three first-round picks and a fifth-round pick. That, that, this kind of deal right here is kind of what I'm thinking Bedard could fetch. Like, I don't know how much, how much more can you give up for one player? And it's just like, okay, Zakop Stoptruck just garnered all that and Ostapchuk no offense to him good player he's yeah. 19 it's, it's for half a year not even half a year it's yeah. like 29 games yeah but I mean Winnipeg is gonna go deep but that is a hefty hefty price like Winnipeg's pretty stacked I mean yeah that that's crazy and obviously they picked up Armstrong from the Pats earlier so oh wow that that that's just crazy Right. And then you're hearing, you know, an even bigger deal. You're hearing the rumors, and Kamloops finally made their big splash. Olin Zellweger and Ryan Hofer from Everett off to a Kamloops. And a 20 year old. A 19 and a 20. So one guy's gone for sure. The other guy's probably 99% gone. So again, just two rentals. And Blazers sent. Everett, Drew Englott, unfortunately, former Pat. He's he was the odd man out being a twenty. Caden Hamill, Ryland Pierce, Jack Baker. So I don't know if they're both they're all roster players. I'm not sure it doesn't specify here. Two two roster two roster players and two prospects. One's played a couple games and plays for Flint Fun right now. Okay. And the other one's a pr- uh, unsigned prospect. Unsigned prospect. Okay, so then you get into the picks here. Now hear me out. So twenty three first. 23 second, 23 fourth. Then you go 24, a first and a fifth. Then you go 25, a first and a third. Then you go 26, first, a second, which is conditional, and a sixth. So that's one, two, three, four firsts, two seconds, a third, fourth, fifth, sixth. For two players. And four players. For two players. That, I, I that is wild. Even, I, don't even know what to say. Yeah, like that is crazy. Like, <laughs> so I think quite a few people have been saying, like, does the, does the WHL go 
to an OHL style and protect first round picks because you got to protect these GMs from themselves. But the the problem with the Western Hockey League is that they they do a draft a year younger than Ontario. Yeah. So right. those firsts are times, not as. There, there's a lot of times firsts aren't as valuable, so to speak, when you pick them because you never know if they're going to show up or not. Yeah, you pick them earlier. They're one one less year of of their maturity, their game that you're just you're not 100 percent sure on. But yeah, lots of time to change their mind here. That too. Ontario. Yeah. Most most times, I think most guys end up signing. Like the first round guys end up signing with whatever team they play for. Right. Or drafted by, not play for. Like yeah, they drafted gotta, by. I mean, if you yeah, if you can get them signed right away, that isn't a big deal. They, they do have to wait. They can play some. Yeah. But yeah, but still, that's that's crazy. Like that. That's just a fourteen uh, for two. Fourteen for and, two. Yeah. 14 assets for two like that's it's mind-blowing and now you, you you think about that trade in a context of a connor bedard which won't happen yeah i don't uh, i'm they have, they have they have adamantly said it will not happen yeah but the deadline's not here yet i'm, I'm assuming I'm, I'm believing john and saying he's not going to trade him but can you imagine what kind of draft picks and assets they'd have to put up to get bedard yeah, like if a team's willing to, if Kamloops is willing to send that much for those two players, like Hofer's, he had a great season last year. He's has an okay season this year. And Zellweger, yeah, he's good, right? Like Zellweger is good. Yeah, I think he was one of the better D men at Team Canada. Oh, and Kamloops needed to upgrade their D. Yeah, but that that's a huge price. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. That is insane. But yeah, like you said, what. If he was to be traded, what could Bedard fetch? Like I, I thought this would be not too much because I don't think you could even put a price on what he brings to your team. But I don't think a team would have given up that this much for for one player or two players here in this in this case. Like that's beyond crazy. It, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to <laughs> yeah, say. Right, you just don't know what to say because. Seeing, seeing eight for one or whatever it was, and fourteen for two, like that's twenty plus assets for three players that are likely for a half a season for each one of those guys. Like that's, I don't know what to say. Yeah, but it's I mean, unbelievable. I mean, Kamloops is in the Memorial Cup. They've got that guaranteed spot, so they don't have to win the league. They just they just need to get hot in that week. You know, but that's that's a hefty price to pay for two guys, though. I'm not like, saying I'm, it I'm isn't. Sh- <laughs> I'm sure they could have. Uh, I'm not in the inside. I don't know any of that stuff, but I'm sure they could have. No, um, they wouldn't have got Zellweger, but I'm sure they could have upgraded their D. They could have upgraded their overage position for a little bit of a, a lower rate than that. But I guess it is what it is. <laughs> Well, Svetlakov, when he got traded to, to Lethbridge, he got some pretty good stuff, and he's only he got, got five goals this year. So a Second and a fifth, was it, for Svetlakov? Yeah, something like that. And he's only got five goals this year. He's a 19-year-old. So you know, the, price, the price is, yeah. And, I mean, that's Lethbridge not even, you know, they're obviously not going for it, but just trying to do a little upgrade, and they, they spend a second rounder on a guy. Yeah, with five goals could, might not even be back next year, right? He could just be yeah. a rental. You never know. Yeah. 
but yeah, that's that's this wild. So I wonder what's going to happen. I mean, this might be the the peak here. I mean, obviously there, there's going to be some more movement here in the next little bit before the actual deadline, but I, I don't see anything wild going down. I, well, but, the, the the top teams don't have much left to give up. No, right. So I don't know. And if Lambert, if the, the rumors true that Lambert is going to end up in Seattle. Yeah, and I think they surrender a first round to Saskatoon yeah. and other so, picks. Yeah, first plus whatever else. Yeah. So, who knows? Like, if that happens, maybe Saskatoon's a buyer and they'll add, like, yeah, they, they get a first rounder here in the next, right? They get an extra first rounder that they maybe thought wasn't going to come that they weren't counting on, right? And yeah, uh, sure. boom, okay, we've got a f- not a free, but a free first rounder. Uh, let's maybe you know pick somebody up but yeah that 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 rumor's been out there nothing's you know that's not done yet so who knows what's going to happen there and as of right now seattle has two open import spots so yeah it's another place to look at right and i'm not sure what kind of assets they have left i'm sure they have some assets because of the rumor that ken campbell kind of threw out there on the on the on the internets about the uh, a potential offer to Regina or whatever. So they must think they have some assets. They so must. Yeah. I mean, maybe they'll be thinking of adding even more. Like, I don't know what else they could add to that team. They got solid goaltending, solid defense. Yeah. Pretty, pretty darn good forward crew. Yeah. I don't know what they gave up in that pro cop deal, but I mean, the Allen one was huge and you're giving up a, a first plus a couple other picks for Lambert if he does come. So Yeah. That's yeah, it's interesting. Um, and so I guess we'll move on from that. Uh, quick, uh, quick little preview for the weekend here. You got Sastoon and Portland in town. Obviously, we haven't seen Portland in a while. They're hot. Um, they just lost to Winnipeg tonight, but they are kind of quietly rolling out there with their homegrown team. They've got a hundred percent homegrown roster, which is kind of crazy to to think about you know all these trades and these teams making deals all the time and portland just sits back and just plays hockey and wins games yeah they they seem to be able to recruit real well real well there um so they they don't they have made some deals in the past um like say the joel hofer dennis chaloski deals that they've given up first and and mike johnson's on the record that he isn't looking to move first here in the next few years so i don't see them making a big splash per se they're pretty comfortable with the way they're rolling like they don't have a, a star per se they're just like you said just playing hockey kind of a, a team kind of effort kind of thing and go from there uh pro cup went to seattle for conditional first and a third and 23 and a third and 25 all conditional the first round pick is in 2025, so I'm guessing all the conditions were met because he's back playing. Yeah. So I'm guessing those three picks are in Edmonton right now. So I don't know what Seattle's got left. Yeah, especially if Lambert comes, right? Yeah. So. But yeah, you you look at, at Portland here. They've got a 20-goal score in Gabe Klassen. Um, but... It's just kind of a nicely stacked, nicely spread out scoring. They don't have anybody kind of jumping off the page stats-wise, but everybody's got points. Like you look way down the list at 12th, Josh Zachreski. He's a rookie left winger. He's got six goals, seven assists. Like, you know, it's production all the way down the lineup. 
So that's uh, and they've got some solid goaltending as well. So it's it's going to be another tough game, not, uh, tough two games with Saskatoon here. We seen we just seen them. You know they looked really good. So it's going to be a tough weekend. Um, Saskatoon's missing some guys with injuries, but they're still still rolling. They're still, they're still playing their game, and they're a uh, tough team. Yeah, and, and uh, they're they're showing they're a tough team. Yeah. Um, Svozo will be back for Friday if everything goes to plan. He uh, he went home to Czechia after after the World Juniors. They're having a big kind of celebration, which is which is good. You know, he's got some time off to um, go back home and uh, kind of have a whatever they're doing out there in Czechia. You know, the team hasn't won a medal since two thousand five, so that's good for them. You know that they're a good. You know, they, they've always produced good hockey players, so it's good to see them, you know, win another medal. Yeah, they had a really strong tournament. I, yeah, they looked real good. And obviously, uh, they, they were a goal away from winning, right? Yeah. I enjoyed watching them. Their defense was, was pretty awesome. Yeah, their defense was real good both ways, right? Yeah. So, all right, I think we should wrap that up. We got lots of good interviews in there, so this one's a, maybe a touch longer than normal. But uh, you have any closing thoughts, Kevin? No, hopefully they can... Hopefully the trade deadline goes smoothly and they add what they need to add, move what they need to move, and then go on the rest of the season and battle for a a decent playoff spot and maybe surprise a few people. Yeah, I mean, if if Connor's going to roll like this, you get stand back. Those two big pieces, right? You, you see what, what Connor can cover up, you know, cover up some warts, right, with his play. For sure. Hope, hopefully that happens. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, with that, we'll see you at the rink this weekend. Have a good night. Have a good one.